Property Vanson for Mike Smith. I'm not sure if you're a a parent. Uh, If you are, you just got the midterm report card. Maybe you did the parent-teacher interviews. Oh, those are so fun, aren't they? I have a newly minted 16-year-old, so I'm all about it. And interested in the happenings in other jurisdictions outside of where my son happens to go to school. Uh, He does not go go to school in Surrey. I cannot imagine the stress associated with being a parent in Surrey right now, uh, hearing right here on CKNW uh, over the last couple of weeks, stories of living right across the street from a school, absolutely being in the catchment area. And sorry, there's no room there. Uh, Just the, 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 and the creative ideas of perhaps kids going to school in the evening or splitting the day or going to school all summer. How does that happen with a teacher shortage? How does that, how does that land with teachers who are already up to their eyeballs and, and trying to make do with, with frankly less? Uh, how about the protests that are going on with SOGI 123? What is SOGI 123? Do you really know what it's about? There, there needs to be some myth busting there as well. Uh, For all of these reasons, we're really thrilled to have a midterm report from the teachers, compliments of BC Teachers Federation First Vice President, joining me on the line, Carol Gordon. Carol, thanks for being here. Thanks so much, uh, Jody, for the invitation. Let's start with Surrey and, and the stress that is on teachers, students, and parents, frankly, in Surrey as it grows more quickly then schools can keep up. Yeah, we know areas like Surrey are rapidly uh, growing. Um, it's, it's happening in other places in the province too, but Surrey is, is such an extreme um, yeah. growth. And we really do need government to, to, to plan ahead and make sure there are enough schools and that when those schools are built, they're appropriately sized for the community that they're in and can accommodate the growth that's anticipated to happen. Um, those spaces are so important for kids to learn in, uh, for kids mm-hmm. to teach in, and those creative solutions that you talked about, you know, just add a ne- uh, another layer of complexity to the, I think, some of the mental health concerns that we've seen coming out of COVID and the workload and the burnout that are hap- that's happening, not just with teachers, but with families and kids as well. And they need that time away from school um, in the evenings to connect with family and friends. And so it really is about the spaces and government, um, making those plans to address that shortage. Full disclosure. My dad was a lifelong uh, school teacher. He was the head of the PE department at Britannia for 30 plus years. One of my very best girlfriends is, um, a teacher in elementary school here in, uh, Vancouver. Um, so I do, I, I have a special place in my heart for teachers. So I want to just with gratitude, thank collectively you and all the teachers uh, in BC. What is what is the the feeling now, midterm 2023, 2024? As you mentioned, the stresses of COVID, things have shifted. How are teachers feeling today versus a year ago versus two or three years ago? Well, we did have a, a recent survey this last year, and it really did show that 80% of teachers are feeling the impacts of the teacher shortage. And, um, and about 60% of those are feeling like they, they can't meet the needs of their students. Uh, there's a lack of time. Uh, there's a lack of support. Um, there's a lack of teachers. You know, the teacher shortage mm-hmm. uh, has such an impact on the individual, but on, and as well as on the schools and the systems as well. You know, the capital projects, projects that were mentioned earlier is one, you know, complexity, but we really do need government to, to plan ahead to make sure there's enough school staff to actually fill those schools and meet the needs of the growing populations in Surrey and across the province. 
um, the um, you know it 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 adds a stress uh, there's a stress level to that of um, you know of why we come into the into teaching we care teachers care they choose the it's profession because they love education yeah. they love teaching they love kids and they're burning out and they're doing it behind closed doors because we don't do that in front of, of in front of kids right we're do, they're mm-hmm. doing it behind closed doors. Uh, They're making classrooms um, work every single day. Kids are in good hands. Um, But we're hearing the stories of of teachers across the province who the complexities of the classrooms, the the flow out of, of, of COVID is making it really difficult. And even when you decide it's time to get um, you know, you need a sick day because you're sick, it's flu season. We need time. You need time to recuperate from that, to get well. Um, or to uh, take care of yourself in other ways, there's no, there aren't the teachers to come in and cover the classrooms. So what that means is that someone else in the school is covering those classes. So specialist teachers like school counselors are pulled from their services for kids to cover a vacancy in a classroom. Those students don't get their support that day. And same with teacher librarians. Uh, if they need to cover a classroom, which they're often some of the first ones to be pulled to do that, the libraries are closed. And even if they're open and the books are there, the person that really inspires kids to read and who, you know, as you know, if you've, if you've been a student reading, you know, a, a teacher librarian takes you into the story. They take you into the book. You become yeah. part of the story. And if they're not there to do that, again, students uh, are suffering from that, that loss of service. And we don't open libraries um, outside of the school time. Uh, yeah. we're not, we're not, uh, we don't provide overtime. We're not similar to other professions. This is the day we have that one time. And when you lose that time, it's gone forever. And so that takes its toll on teachers when they know that the kids that they are, um, they care so much about aren't getting the services that they need, you know, as well as by the people who can't provide the service as well. It takes a toll on them as well. Indeed. We're with Carol Gordon, BC Teachers Federation First Vice President. And I know you're short on time. I I promise to have you uh, out so you make your next meeting. I appreciate your time so very much uh, this morning, Carol. I want to talk a little bit about a very controversial, I don't know why it's very controversial, but it is. And teachers are dealing with pushback and bullhorns and people screaming at them about SOGI 123, sexual orientation, gender identity, uh, and and some just thinking it's something that it absolutely is not. As a yeah. parent who has become well-versed in SOGI 123, can you myth bust for us here and explain what SOGI is uh, just in the Coles Notes version? Oh, Coles Notes version. Well, I can tell you that this is, it's not new. It was brought in by oh. a previous government uh, with the support of all the partner groups uh, within within the education system. It's currently supported by the current government as well as by all partner groups con- continuing to do that. Uh, SOGI123 is a resource. Um, and to be clear, there's a lot of fear out there. Part, we, we get it because parents aren't in the classrooms. And there's a lot yeah. of misinformation that's creating that fear. Um, so it's not about telling kids who or what to be. It's actually the opposite. It's about accepting kids exactly as they are. Um, and it really does bring school policy in line with the changes to the BC Human Rights Code that protects everyone from discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation. So uh, when, you know, when kids are in classrooms, we're talking about families in the primary grades. Um, there isn't one, um, um, one way of looking at the world anymore, and kids don't come into this world with just one way of, of experiencing it either. So we have diverse families with two dads and two, two moms. Sometimes it's a grandparent that's raising the child. And so when we talk about parents, 
um, and mums and dads. Sometimes it isn't a mum and a dad. And uh, so in the primary grades, it's, it's really quite simple. Um, and, as, and it's always age appropriate um, as they get older. So it's really reflecting the natural diversity that exists in our school communities and ensuring that kids at, a, at appropriate ages are really able to see themselves and their families represented in the system. You know, I, I think there's a, there is misinformation out there, but I also think there's a desire to, to hear what's actually happening. I, was, um, I had to take a cab the other day, and the driver at the end of the trip um, spent 15 minutes, instead of going and getting out of the fair, asked me about what was happening, really wanted to know, wow. could, could hear that the values that he had uh, were aligned with what we were doing in schools, but he wanted to be able to tell his family and friends what was actually happening and was able to, to share. And, you know, he, he understood and had then the information to be able to share out. So I really do encourage parents and the community to go to SojiEducation.org and see what the resources are there for, for parents to understand what's happening. Uh, and I guess maybe I'll take this opportunity. I just really want to say to staff and students, um, that we really do see them and the experiences that they're having with the hate that's out there. Um, we care about them and we're really committed to pre- protecting schools um, as safe and in- inclusive spaces. And for a community that went through the school system when it wasn't a safe and inclusive space for them, when they didn't see themselves, know that we are really trying to do better and, uh, and do better for kids and do better for families and do better for community. Well said. Carol Gordon, BC Teachers Federation, First Vice President, thank you for your time today. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, Jody. Have a good day. Jody Vance in for Mike Smith, and we're chatting about schools in BC. We had Carol Gordon, the BC Teachers Federation First Vice President, on uh, just prior to the break to talk through sort of a midterm report card for teachers. And we're throwing out the phone lines now to see how you're feeling about the direction of schools in BC. 604 280 Star 9898 is a free call on your cell. Maybe you're a teacher and you're living it right now. I'd love to know how you're feeling at this midterm spot, 2023. We've all been through a lot, but boy, teachers have shouldered extra, a frontline worker indeed. So how are you feeling about the direction of schools in our province? 604-280-9898, star 9898. Carrie in Surrey, you're up first. Welcome. Uh, yes, thank you, and I'm so glad you're having this conversation. Um, first of all, with regards to Soji, I know it's been politicized like crazy, but I hope everyone remembers the whole point of it is youth suicide prevention. Like that's mm-hmm. it's, it's in creating an environment where kids have someone to talk to, some to speak to. It is not influencing; it's creating a safe space. So it's so important, important and critical to uh, all of our kids. And second, I want to be part of the love fest. I am so, I'm in the Surrey school system. We have hiccups right now. The education's top notch. I'm blown away by what our kids are coming out with. Far superior education than I ever did. The teachers are incredible. They've weathered the storm so beautifully and with such dignity and they deserve all the respect they can get. Great call, Carrie. Thank you so much. I love a little love fest. We got to spread that around. And and yeah, if we can save kids who feel unseen from doing the unthinkable, then please allow for that in our school system. Educate yourself about SOGI. It's out there. Susan and Kelowna, you're up next. Welcome. Hi. Um, yes, I was just uh, listening to your um, very interesting uh, show about the uh, overcrowding of schools. Yes. 
And um, I just wanted to share that in my first year of high school, I went to high school in Ottawa, um, we were faced with the same situation, and we had to go on a split shift system. And I actually went to school in the afternoon. How was that? Well, you know, it was good. Um, well, I got to sleep in because it was in the afternoon. <laughs> I know every shift. teenager's dream right there, Susan. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, you know, we were in an area of Ottawa where it was rapid growth. Um, there was all these new subdivisions, and the, our school wasn't finished yet. So mm. we had to do this for a year. And, um, you know, and a lot of times uh, the teachers you, you did have some of the same teachers because they would basically work like an eight-hour shift. Right. So, but uh, yeah, so that was something that we did. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate you reflecting back on your history there. And, and I wish we had the number of teachers that would be able to sustain that. Like going into all of this with a teacher shortage sure, certainly doesn't help. 604-280-9898 is the number to call if you'd like to chime in on the state of schools in BC, or if you want to just uh, share some love for the teachers in your lives, because Lord knows they don't get much of it these days with protests happening with people with bullhorns. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Alea in Abbotsford, welcome. Hi, um, so I just, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade and love on all the teachers and stuff. I'm a certified career development practitioner and I'm also certified in this province as a provincial instructor to teach adult education. And I do teach adult education. I teach ESL, I teach literacy, but there's no way that any school district in this province is going to hire me as a certified career development practitioner and a practicing adult educator to teach the My Blueprint program or career prep in any high school in this province because I don't have a bachelor's or a master's. And in one school that I know of in Abbotsford, in a high school, it's a gym teacher teaching it. So then they cut down on gym time because they don't have enough teachers. And it makes me wonder if our resources are going in the right places and why we're not looking at outside talent other than somebody with a master's and a teaching degree. It doesn't make me any less qualified. And, in fact, I have, you know, 11 years of doing this. So, in some cases, I have more experience than some of the teachers that are in our our high schools. But I don't know. You raise a very good point. Yeah. Well, I don't know that we're putting it right. Yeah, I'm an EA as well, and that's all they'll hire me for. Interesting. Thank you, Alea. I appreciate that because you do raise a very good point. I mean, it, there were some instances through COVID that there were retired teachers or, you know, if, if that coming back into the into the classrooms in some re- more remote areas of British Columbia where there just simply aren't people with all the credentials that you laid out there. Maybe some practical experience should come into play in terms of uh, perhaps certifying red sealing, if you will, uh, those who have the skill set. Maybe it's not about going through uh, a long and, and arduous process to become accredited, to become a teacher. That being said, I do have a very good friend who just went through all that as a, as a mature student, if you will. And uh, she did fabulously well. It went by quite, it was very intense, but she's doing a great job. And now she's a full-time teacher. So there's shout out to Chelsea Miller right there.